0: Outdooredge.com. All right, guys. Welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today is Sean Larson. Now, Sean is a youper, and for those that don't know, that means he's from Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Honestly, it shouldn't even be part of Michigan. I think there's a lot of people who would agree with me on that. And it I think it should be part of Wisconsin. It's more connected to Wisconsin. It's more similar to Wisconsin. And I'm not going to lie. I would love to have the UP as part of Wisconsin's hunting and fishing license. It's just a wild place. I mean, it's as close to Canada as you can get. Just the terrain, the features, the wildlife, it's a pretty sweet spot. And I like talking to people who grew up in that Great Lakes region because not exclusively to that part of the country, but there's a lot of people who grew up the same way that I did. You go out for the gun season, get all dressed in blaze orange, go sit on a five gallon bucket or a tree stump or a down tree, and you just hope to see something. You want a deer to come through, you want it to have antlers, you want it to have really big antlers, but most of the time you're shooting a year and a half old or a two and a half year old buck if you're lucky enough to get an opportunity at that. Now, I will say things have changed quite a bit in the last few years, and in talking with Sean, I've seen how things have changed for him. So, I can't wait to dive into this, figure out what he's up to in the outdoor space. It's gonna be a great episode, so let's jump in. Like, he was doing things that were just bad ass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dane had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. all right guys welcome to today's show and joining me on the show today i've got sean larson sean thanks for hopping on with me man hey thanks for having me i appreciate it what uh why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself uh before we get started with the conversation
1: hey absolutely uh like you said name is sean larson uh 30 years old i live uh right up in the middle of the up middle of nowhere um just got married. Actually, just celebrated our one year anniversary last month.
0: Nice. Congrats, a, man.
1: Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Got a two year old son, just turned two March eleventh. And I got one uh a little girl due middle of August. Dang. Yeah,
0: yeah that's it's been, uh it's
1: been very busy.
0: Number two is always a big change for people.
1: Oh, do I'm how many do uh you guys got?
0: We've got two. Yeah, we just our we daughter just turned five. Our son is six, so oh, okay. he, he was actually born at me. the end of August, which is the perfect time. You picked a great time. I mean, maybe not pregnancy wise and delivery, like the heat of the summer, but oh yeah, she as far as, as outdoors go, you get that you get them all out of the way
1: right before season starts. Oh yeah, that's what I was thinking. Plus, you know, if I do things right, my little girl every year for her birthday, she's be like, "Let's go out west, Daddy." <laughs> all right. <laughs>
0: perfect yeah the wife yeah. can't really say no to that when the kid's asking well exactly man that's perfect uh so up in the up i mean we talked just briefly before the show there's a yep. little bit of everything up there you i mean the wildlife is abundant you guys have people oh, don't absolutely. understand really what well like northern wisconsin minnesota michigan all have i mean moose and elk and wolves and bear whitetail, waterfowl uh quail grass yeah. pheasant i mean
1: everything now yeah, the list goes on yeah what did you what did you grow up hunting i grew up i actually uh my whole family hunted obviously being from the up yeah um when i moved down to wisconsin my stepfather uh wasn't really a huge hunter so growing up until i was probably about 14 it was just kind of something i listened to my family do yeah and then finally i was like you know this is something i want to do so i just kind of started watching shows reading books you know listening to them just every year kind of dabbling in it more and more um so at at first it was just basically just whitetail you know yeah um and up in the up for the most part is just praying to see two and a half year old eight-pointers you know, Dang. pretty much as far or wide across the UP as you get. That's what people are hoping to get. Um, so that's what I raised on. You know, spikes, forks, seven pointers, and then finally, probably around the age nineteen, actually, I got an invite from a, a show, Hardcore Pursuit, on the Sportsman Channel. Yeah, to start filming for them. They just I became. They have an archery shop about forty five minutes west of me, so I kind of became friends with them. And uh, I started doing like my photography, videography, just posting on Facebook. And I was just at work one day when I was a service manager at a Ford dealership. And the guy sent me a message being like, hey, our cameraman backed out. You able to go to Iowa in like four days? Yeah. Well, I ran up to my boss and I was like, here's the deal a professional show on TV. Just asked if I could go film. How many vacation days do I got? He's like, oh, you got like seven days left. I said, all right, taking them all next week, going to Iowa. (laughs) <laughs> so then, uh, with them, you know, I started dabbling in like the mule deer, really understanding that bucks get big, yeah, and that where I live is just, you know, whether it's genetics or, you know, nutrients, minerals in the soil. At that point, I didn't understand. I was like, why, like, why are the bucks here so small? You know, I'm young, <laughs> just getting into it. So I then then I just really started going crazy. You know, up here not seeing a hundred inch deer to go into Iowa. We we're past 150 inch bucks. I was <laughs> mind blown. You're
0: probably like just hating the guy shooting. You're like, dude, why? Why would you pass
1: that up? Yeah, it was like two hours into our first sit, and like a three and a half year old 140 inch buck came by. He's like, We ain't shooting that. I was like, are you effing nuts?
0: <laughs> dude, that was my whole life growing up, man, watching TV shows. And I'm like, These guys are idiots. I I lost respect for so many of those guys because same thing growing up in central wisconsin don't get me wrong there's big deer and there have been people that have been hunting big deer there for a long time but my family was not those people i mean it's great if you shoot a buck that's awesome but it's like you you go out there and if a deer comes by and gives you a shot you take it sometimes even if it doesn't give you a shot you take it i mean like (laughs) it it wasn't it wasn't any form of deer management, the deer management was just oh. shoot as many as you could,
1: yeah, fill the freezer,
0: yeah, have you seen that change up there, uh like up north as far as the caliber or the quantity of deer that you've been seeing?
1: you know, just in the last probably two or three years, um I don't know if it's just the just the viral hunting thing where it's like this new age group is coming up where that's becoming the popular thing now is to you know how many inches is it, how many inches is it? I think that's helping where it's just, you know, the younger generation is all wanting to shoot big bucks, you know, try to get that viral buck, try to get it on film. Um, So just, yeah, in the last probably two or three years up here, you know, even just, and I run lots of trail cameras. It just seems like you're seeing more big bucks. Yeah. Which is great. I'm not complaining. It's, I mean, it's pretty incredible what can
0: change in a shorter amount of time. If you get people on the same page, or if there's regulations that change, you know,
1: yeah, absolutely. You go
0: from seeing two and a half year old deer to, hey, we are going to put an antler restriction on for the next two years. And then all of a sudden, people are shooting instead of 100 inch bucks, there's a ton of people shooting 140 inch bucks, 150 inch bucks, all because you just let them grow two more years. Yeah, that's all it takes. Yeah. What do you guys? What what is kind of your management practice where you hunt? Do you have a do you have a set
1: age class, a set antler size? Uh, or what are you going off of? Where I am so I'm in Menominee County now, which is like the main farmland of the UP. It's right on the border of Wisconsin. Yeah. Um so even just moved I moved out here with my wife uh, two years ago now. And just the difference between here and 45 minutes east is hoping for Probably not ever seeing a hundred inch buck on camera. Yeah, but out here last year, I think I had eight or nine over a hundred inches. Dang, shot my hundred and he scored one hundred and thirty one, which is unheard of in the EP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, so out here now, it's it's, it's, a, it's a whole different game, you know. And out here now, it's I'm passing up two and a half year olds that I would have dreamed of shooting five years ago.
0: Yeah. Dang, that's that's awesome to hear. I mean, that short of a distance that you can go from. I'm assuming where you were at was more thick timber, like dark timber. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's just hard to hunt them in, anyways. But then also, you're not—they're not getting the nutrients, like you mentioned earlier, that they're going to get on farmland. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just there's no substitute for a good farmland. Um, there is as really far isn't. as food
1: goes. No, it just it, it makes bigger bucks yeah you know that's a scientific proven there yeah are you guys do you guys bait up there or is that legal? uh most of the UPA is where I'm located um there's a small section where you can't you know, okay we had one doe that had CWD like eight years ago so
0: <laughs> they they shut it down in a hurry, man. it's tough to keep up with the baiting regulations like it seems like every single year they they change things how they are at least in wisconsin they did It'd oh wisconsin's like, really wild to follow it's like no baiting whatsoever you can have as much bait out as you want okay yeah. now you can only put one gallon out per day and they have to be at least 100 yards apart and i'm like what do you guys like i mean you're only doing a one-year study on each of these obviously because you're changing it every year yeah. like, how are you getting the results and the the information that you want out of that
1: yeah, just, I, don't, I don't know if it's the DNR praying where something does arise that they can find a violation somewhere. Or,
0: yeah. It, it's funny too know. to watch hunters how quickly they get creative in the loopholes. I remember, uh, I don't remember where it was, but there was a spot where they said you can't be within sight of it. Like you can't be hunting within sight of your bait pile. And so what people were yeah. doing, they'd put a hay bale out, just a little square bale, and then put the bait on the backside of this on the square bale so they couldn't technically see it i can't see it and so then all of a sudden they had to change the the verbiage to like within reasonable known distance of your bait pile or something like that and i'm like dude it's just it's funny man rednecks will find a way to get away with anything they really will that's why we're rednecks (laughs) exactly redneck engineering man it gets the job done that's right so you've been hunting up there. You've been seeing more bucks. Uh, how did, how did this past season go for you? Well,
1: uh, like I said, I managed, uh, so the biggest buck in my lifetime, you know, I've, I've been blessed to go hunt some other states and whatnot, but haven't been able to pull the trigger on a, what I consider a shooter for wherever, obviously it changes whatever area you're hunting, you know, what you consider a shooter. Um, yeah up here scored a 131 biggest buck of my life state land um and i got that opening day opening night of archery season jeez yeah that's really unheard of (laughs) oh absolutely yeah and it was it was so crazy too because um that friday that whole weekend actually was one of my best friends bachelor parties and it was like four hours west of here uh northern northern wisconsin so uh I went out there Friday night, left work, drove out there. And they're like, well, what's your plan? I was like, dude, I got to head back home in the morning. I got this buck I got to go after. And my wife the whole time, she's like, are you really like, are you thinking we'll stay out there all weekend? I was like, I don't know. You know, it's my buddy's bachelor party. So finally, she finally she's like, Sean, you got to come home and hunt that buck. Thank That's a good God life. she twisted my <laughs> arm. <laughs> yeah, so I woke up in the morning, you know. And I'm getting old compared to some of them guys. So, you know, a bachelor party, was like midnight. I was like, guys, I got to go to bed. I got to wake up early. So, yeah, drove back in the morning, got home, jumped in the shower, got all sent free, threw my camo on, gave the wife a kiss. good old good luck, you know. Ran out to the woods. And uh, actually, one of my buddies hunts as a crow flies, probably about a 60 maybe from where I was at. Yeah. And he had some pictures of this buck. So right away, I knew one other buddy, you know, would have been just as pumped if he shot it, you know, would have been out there having a couple of beers with him, helping him drag it. On my way out there, ran into two older gentlemen that were in their vehicles, I think probably back there to see who else was hunting back there. One guy stopped me. He shot up like 120 inch eight that morning. So he was just all bah on, you know, seeing what was going on. And both of them guys were like, yeah, there's a big nasty 10 running around back here. So in my head now, I'm heading out to hunt this buck, and I'm like, man, I, know, I know for sure three other guys that are trying to get this buck. <laughs> right away, it was just kind of a kick in the sack, you know. Dang. Yeah so, yeah, so last year, I shot that buck. Had some opportunities at other bucks, just, you know, it's it's hard to go back to a 100-inch buck after cracking a 130 or first sit. Yeah. So I shot, I don't know, like, fritos after that just fill the freezer get some more meat white flows backstrap so gotta keep that going are you
0: are you guys a one buck area up there or can you see multiple two We got two bucks yeah oh sweet that's yeah there's nothing like going from hunting one deer to knowing that you can still fill another buck tag it like it oh, it's for some great. reason it just takes all the pressure off. It's like, dude, if a buck comes in and I get excited about it, and it's not the, my target buck or one of my target bucks, I can still shoot it, and still go after these other bucks. Oh, absolutely. It. How how does your breakdown work? Is it just like any time during archery season you can shoot two bucks, or is there like a split? Like you can only shoot one, you know, in the first two weeks, and then
1: you have to wait no it it's, it's just... any time oh man yeah, yeah. so you can either get a single tag which has no point restrictions and then i mean that's what a lot of like non-residents do yeah just because then they can go shoot whatever they want or like, you can do the combo which is a two bucks and then one's got to be three plus on a side and then the other tag is four plus on a side
0: that i mean it, it makes sense like once you're going up there to take multiple deer now there's an antler restriction. I think that's mm-hmm. brilliant. But I love the idea that you can shoot two bucks in the same day. I mean, obviously that's probably not going to happen for most people, but to have like an opportunity to shoot two deer that quick, here we can't do that. So you can shoot uh you can shoot one buck in the early archery season. So that's basically the start of archery season September 15th up until yeah. like the second week of November, because that's when rifle season is. So you can fill one of your tags there. you cannot fill both during that time frame. Okay. you have to wait until rifle season to shoot your second buck or second archery, late archery season. If you don't shoot a buck early, you can shoot two bucks in the late season, but you just can't do it all in the early season, which is the best time. I mean, I've had luck in late season but early season around here has been killer. I mean, I know oh. me and my buddies, we've been killing bucks in September and October here. And do you
1: get much chance at like velvet bucks?
0: You know, we don't really, uh, the bucks shed fairly early here. I think I've okay. seen it in like late August. They're in velvet. My buddy shot one that I thought if I was like, man, if we catch up with this deer, it's going to still be in velvet, but he shot it when was that i think it was sometime in i think it was early september like the first or no it would have been like the third week in september he shot it and it had already shed so oh, okay we don't the only buck i've ever killed in velvet was in alaska and it was a blacktail. and talk about Not really listen you're talking about hoping to see deer that are 100 inches growing up up there i talked to some of the locals i said hey can you give me some pointers like what should i be going after what's a good target deer Uh and they're like anything bigger than a spike is a good deer and i'm like really Really? and they're like yeah because i was hunting the road system so it's like yeah an early tag lots of deer but lots of young deer and so we i kid you not when we woke up and got out of our tent my wife and i that morning we probably saw 70 deer from our tent like Every direction you look, there's deer everywhere, and they're almost all spikes, just like spikes and does. That's all we saw. And then the very first deer that we saw that was a fork is the one that I shot. We saw it come up and over the hill. And watching spikes all morning, you see a fork. You see more than two points. Oh, it's Oh, it's a monster. I mean, it looked like Bambi's dad coming up over the mountain. And then, sure enough, it comes down, and I shoot it. And I mean, it's just a tiny little basket rack fork. And I was so pumped. But yeah, that's the only deer I've ever shot in velvet.
1: Man, I've I've heard those hunts up there. I got a few buddies that have been up there. that literally almost gave up whitetail hunting just to keep going back up there after the blacktail. It's
0: one, the meat's really good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the meat. The country that you're hunting is unbelievable. And with blacktail in Alaska, you can hunt them so many different ways. Like where we went, it was just public land you're hiking up a trail in legit grizzly country i mean grizzlies everywhere and most of the country that you're hiking in the covers over your head so i mean you're walking in a shoulder-wide path with eight foot bushes on each side of you Mm -hmm. and so it's like it's pretty nerve-wracking until you get up above that and up above that line where everything's now like waist high knee high type of deal okay but i mean we could see the ocean from where we were hunting like where oh, where that's awesome i was butchering my deer i'm looking out and you can just see the ocean you know there's whales and seals and sharks and just a different world. and all kinds of stuff down there and it's just a wild wild place and then there's people who they'll shoot blacktail from a boat they'll be on the ocean and the blacktails will come down and eat sea kelp or bull kelp off of the coast and you're literally just cruising around on a boat and you'll kill the engine and it'll just be out there eating and i mean they're shooting them with their bows and depending on the season and the area you can get three bucks and so they're like shooting one going and getting it throwing it in the boat they keep cruising along the coast they shoot another one i mean it's it's wild
1: Man, imagine if you could see some guys in Wisconsin loading up a 30-pack in their canoe and hitting a river. <laughs> that would be... Ing- there's a lot of people, actually, who have been doing
0: kayaking, canoe hunting. Like, they access public land that most people don't because they're using a canoe or a kayak. Oh, it's a great way to do it. It's brilliant. There's not, there's just, yeah, people that don't want to put the work in. Yeah, I'm I'm all about it. I want to do it so bad. I've, I've got a couple of public land places here. That I really want to do it. And
1: every year there's something that
0: comes up where I'm like, ah, I'm not gonna do it. Oh, like this year.
1: You see guys like Sam Ubel and like White mm Bell General guys having great success doing that. And the same thing, yeah. It's like I always want to see that piece of chunk and just going on a canoe or whatever, get that badass picture afterwards. Oh, yeah. Well, and in the UP, I mean, you guys have so much
0: water up there, and I like I like the big marshy areas, especially along the Mississippi, like you get into central Wisconsin on the west side of the state there are places there that like you'd never be able to access on foot but if Mm. you took a canoe back in there or a raft like you just carry a raft with you and you just get across this little channel to the next one to the next one to the next one you could probably get into some swamp donkeys where nobody else has ever been oh absolutely man i i'm just so pumped for hunting season like turkey season's coming up i'm excited about it but like Big game seasons, where it's at for me.
1: Oh, yeah, I think it was like four days ago, me and my son, and one of his favorite words is buck, you know? Yeah. We're just laying on the couch and turned on YouTube, and I think sequel was like the first video that popped up. So we're watching Roy, hunting on Roy. Right away, I was like, oh, man, it's just too early to be start getting this itch going. Right away, I was like, ah, I'm ready for hunting season. Yeah, it's... This is that
0: lull, man, where... It's difficult. I mean, do you apply for other states, or
1: are you are you primarily hunting Michigan lately? For the last uh, since we started dabbling in the babies, you know, I uh, I put the out of states on hold for a little bit. Yeah, but I've got I've got all my points sitting for Iowa, so first chance I get, I'm gonna be running down there. Um, Wyoming, I went out there two years ago. I was filming the show and I just got the opportunity to get an over the counter doe tag. Spotting and stocked that first time ever doing that, which is a blast. Yeah. So I'm itching to go back out there. So, yeah, I mean, as soon as I get the opportunity, like I said, it's, it's nothing to brag about up here. So,
0: yeah, it'll go worth a little bit easier. Well, and you mentioned that you're on state land. Is that all the land you hunt up there, or do you have any public access or I mean, private access?
1: I got, we got a, definitely some private opportunities, but it's compared to what I can find on state land here. And I don't know what the deal is, but like, at least around me, there is not much for archery hunters. Mm. I got some state land, what, five miles east of my house where it's non-motorized, which I think helps quite a bit. Yeah. But the last three years I've been back there, I haven't even seen another bow hunter or signs of one during archery season. Dang, we're gonna keep this uh podcast
0: pretty quiet then. I'm not gonna promote it so it stays that way for you. Right? <laughs> People are like, wait a minute. 130 inch deer, no pressure, non-motorized transportation, like I'm in. Oh, it's it's damn near untouched. It's un- it's unbelievable. Have you what's it been like up there with wolves? I know that northern Wisconsin got hit pretty hard. Have you noticed a lot oh. of wolf activity up there?
1: Uh, around me, it's starting to get bad, but if you go about an hour north or even further north, it's, I mean, they're wiping out herds. Dang. And the D of the, I don't know, the DNR just seems to not care. I uh, don't. there's so many crooked things, I believe, going up with the DNR up here, where they just seem to be all about money and either that or don't really know much about conservation. I don't know what the deal is, but it's, I mean... I don't know. Do you guys have like mountain lions? Any mountain lions down there? Yeah, we do.
0: Not a ton. So, yeah, I mean,
1: not they're they're not prevalent
0: in the area that I'm at, but they are. There are sightings here and there. Well, I think I lost you there for a second. Oh yeah, we're back. Do you uh, with the wolves? It's it's very interesting because. Anytime there's wolves on the landscape in the lower 48, you know, hunters just hate it, it seems like. And I get that. But you would think as far as a conservation agency or department goes, they would also hate it because like Michigan, Wisconsin, most of the Midwest, the number one contributor to like the conservation department, their number one source of income has to be deer tags and sales. It's got to be. And so anytime there's something that's going to impact that, that's going to directly affect them and their budget, you would think. Mm-hmm. You would think. Yeah, it's, I don't know, man. I, I don't know why so many places are wanting higher wolf populations. I just don't understand it.
1: Yeah, and I spent hours and read hours worth the studies and what the DNR puts out about it, and I just can't come to a good conclusion On why that is. Yeah. Yeah. It's,
0: I feel like it's going to be a problem that continues. I would hope that state agencies and conservation departments get a good grasp on it and figure out a management plan for the wolves. Because obviously, having wolves on the landscape isn't the worst thing in the world, but they have to be managed. It's when there's no management plans for the wolves, like there are for every other wildlife species. That things get out of hand and it will balance out over time but in the next 10 years it's going to be to the detriment of whitetail hunters of elk hunters of moose hunters of anything that those things prey on and we don't want even it to just be. none of us want yeah. 10 years of drought when
1: it comes to deer hunting no it's a long time even just i think it was like three or four days ago up here about an hour Hour and a half west of me, DNR even confirmed it. Killed the guy's dog, right next to his house.
0: Jeez. And I'm curious why why there's a hesitancy to identify wolves or identify mountain lions because you hear about it's not just exclusive to the Great Lakes region. It's all over the country when somebody's animal dies because of a predator. They're yeah. very slow to confirm, "Yeah, that was a grizzly. Yeah, that was a mountain lion. Yeah, that was a wolf." And I, I don't get it. you know, like people get trail camera pictures, they've got the prints in the snow. Some, some people will just straight out shoot them if they see them. And it's uh-huh. like, why, why is there a hesitation to, to say like, "Yes, this is a wolf?" I hear stories yeah, from not... people all the time about it. And I just, I can't wrap my mind around why, like, to what benefit, what's the benefit? Maybe it's the public look outlook on it. Maybe it's like PR stuff that they're like, oh, we just don't want people freaking out about wolves. But it's like
1: anybody you yeah. talk to already knows they're there. Especially because, I mean, for the most part, wherever these larger populations are, the people that are surrounding that, surrounding that area are most likely outdoorsmen. Yeah. So they're they're either going to handle them themselves. The last thing they're going to do is freak out about it. Yeah. To to that maximum of scale to where the DNR or the government would have to worry about it. Yeah. You know, same thing up here, though. If they confirm a mountain lion, say on a trail camera or tracks or kill some guys' livestock, they say, yeah, it was a mountain lion, but that was the same one that was caught on the trail camera three hours east of here yesterday no I had to be the same mountain lion it's like come on
0: all right guys I'm excited to introduce the new age of accessing private property for hunting and fishing with infinite outdoors I joined the infinite outdoors crew on a duck hunt in Colorado this fall and the experience was unmatched we were able to book the property right on their app get directions to the blind and had the whole place to ourselves all for a super reasonable price Infinite Outdoors has developed a unique way to combine conservation, technology, and private land access all through their US-built app and website. By working closely with landowners and on-staff biologists, they aim to bring you the best parts of accessing private land at the touch of a finger. They provide adventures for big game, turkeys, waterfowl, fly fishing, upland birds, small game, predators, and more. As yearly leases get more expensive, and secluded public land gets harder to find, I believe this is the way of the future. To check it out for yourself, download the Infinite Outdoors app or visit infiniteoutdoorsusa.com and use code NOMADIC15 for 15% off your annual membership of thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, how Yeah, how do you confirm that? Like, unless there's a very yeah. distinct marking on it, or you've got it collared or GPS transmitter. Like, there's no way you can just be like, that's the same one. they so yeah, we're not idiots. Yeah, they're so smart and so elusive. And yeah, they might have a huge home range. But to just be like, that's the same one doesn't make sense to me. And I saw a video, I think it was on Facebook years ago, where this guy, it was either in the UP or it was in northern Wisconsin. And he had a video of like 13 wolves in his backyard. I mean, very clear when you watch the video, you can see that they're wolves. Yep. And I remember he was he was commenting on it because everyone's like, call the DNR. I'd shoot those things if they were in my backyard, this and that. And he's like, I called the DNR and I sent them the video and they said that they were coyotes or coyote-wolf hybrids. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I i'm no biologist but you can very clearly tell the difference between a coyote and a wolf and these were wolves and i'm like why yeah, would yeah they, that's why very would they noticeable. hesitate why would they hesitate to be like hey yeah you've got wolves we're gonna keep an eye on it obviously protect your animals like your pets your livestock whatever yeah instead of just be like no those aren't if i was a guy i would have been like oh they're coyotes sweet well i've got a small game tag you show up to the the dnr with 13 of them we're good to go these are coyotes you already said you identified them yeah you you said it yourself Yep.
1: oh man yeah you saw so i'm a uh, train conductor for cn railroad yeah and uh i think it was probably two months ago i was up uh probably about two hours north of me and we're just sitting in the engine of the train you know going down the tracks and probably 300 yards ahead of us, we see, I mean, it's far away. So I was like, is that a coyote or a wolf? You know, just stops right in the middle of the tracks and is staring at our train coming towards it. And it's just standing there as we're getting closer. And finally we get probably hundred yards away from it. And I was like, oh, that's a wolf. And then all of a sudden, and if you would have blinked, you'd have missed it. All of a sudden, I think it was like seven or eight wolves just fly right behind it, right across the tracks. We're like, holy you know. Yeah, in a blink of an eye, you'd have missed all of them. Just flew right across the tracks. It was insane. Jeez, man, that I would
0: imagine you see quite a bit of wildlife. I think like train train incidents with wildlife that that seems like it would oh. be just a just a buffet of roadkill for wolves. Winter is the worst
1: too, because all the deer go walking right down the middle of the tracks because there's at least some all snow, so they use that as traveling pass. Yeah oh man it's just it's hard being like an avid outdoorsman and conservationist when you're just <laughs> plowing them down with trains <laughs> i mean oh, how often
0: terrible. like how often are you hitting animals with the train is it like all the time
1: oh yeah if, if you're on a, if you're on a certain job where it's like you're traveling during those prime hours you're you're hitting deer every time Jeez. yeah <laughs> i can't imagine i mean how fast are you going when you hit them anywhere from 20 to 45 oh my well goodness. you know you're smacking them with 600,000 tons you know <laughs> that is yeah. I, don't, I
0: don't know why that's so funny to me like just thinking being in a train i've heard the stories and i don't know if you can attest to this if you've had any oh, moose you've had encounters guys like
1: cows bear moose
0: i've heard that it, i've heard this and i have regurgitated it to so many people That moose, when they're in the rut, they're just not scared of anything, like a bull moose. And I've heard that they will charge trains, like they'll just head down, like "Oh, time to fight!" And just—I
1: haven't seen it personally, but I can confirm that that does happen.
0: Okay, good. I'm glad I haven't been lying to people this whole time.
1: (laughs) Right? Yeah, I'll I'll make you not a liar this time.
0: Yeah, that's that's just wild. Yeah, train battle. I need to start, I need to dive into this. I need to see how many like train, do you guys report each one? Do you have to like, No. oh, you don't. Oh, so there's, there's no. not going to be any accurate data on it. Like this is
1: how many animals die to train incidents every year. No, I, I mean, unless there's some secret agency or whatever that goes down tracks and comes to dead deer laying next to them, or if they can even find the deer after. But yeah, yeah then we don't report
0: that. I want to, I want to just cruise down the tracks and pick up deadheads, man. Just like, well, if there's anything left, you might be picking up bone fragments from the antlers, but, uh, it'd be, it'd be kind of crazy to just do like a cross country trip on train tracks, obviously not on a train. Otherwise you wouldn't be able to pick them up, but to just see what kind of animals, moose, elk, deer, mule deer, antelope are getting hit. And I bet you could collect some pretty sweet stuff
1: absolutely you get into like a high deer population area and walk down the tracks i guarantee you find deadheads everywhere i'm gonna modify my four-wheeler
0: get like i don't know what the technical term is basically those metal wheels that would connect to the tracks and just cruise on my four-wheeler that way i could bail off if a train comes but just roll down the oh, tracks yeah. all the way across wisconsin upper michigan it'd be fun that's for sure yeah man what's the weirdest thing you've seen while being on the train
1: oh nothing really i mean there's some like up here especially in like the middle of the nowhere and you see some people like on the side of the tracks or like there's one guy on his four-wheeler stuck oh what do you like one of those little like wagons for like a, almost like a like you'd pull your kid in you know what i'm saying yeah he had one of those just full of, like, garbage bags. And really, and you can tell up here if someone's on something or not, you know. He's probably a pot farmer. Oh, so there was, some, there was something weird going on. And then we came back after we dropped our cars off. We came back, and there was, like, in the middle of nowhere, there was, like, a 96 Impala now pulled up, like, on the rocks next to the tracks. We're like, what in the world? Dude, the, once you get out, like honestly,
0: I'm more worried about people out in the middle of nowhere than I am about animals. Like I know how to handle like animals. FI stuff. Yeah. When you get when you get out there, like when you find those people that are just separated from civilization, Dude, there's some they weird always get weird. Every oh, time. Absolutely. Yeah, there's nothing normal about them. Yeah. Well, uh back to let's let's jump back to Whitetail for a second, because I could oh, go yeah, we down getting, this we rabbit hole. Off there <laughs> We I could go down <laughs> that rabbit hole Um what so you shot you shot that big 130 plus inch deer. Are the other deer Damn that him, you that, saw? That was, uh are that? they all still alive? Or did the other bucks make it through season that you had on camera?
1: Oh, as far as I know, I had them so I pulled my camera out of there in of December. Which I mean, that's just pretty much late archery at that point. Yeah, and I saw all of them. Um, the ones that I knew would, would really jump up going into their three and a half year old stage, actually, that 130 inch I shot almost positive. I had his, so it'd been a two and a half year old, one of his offspring, almost identical rack, just maybe at maybe right around 100. 510 inches identical rack so i'm really hoping to see him coming this year because i know he's probably gonna make that same jump this one did and probably be in that 130 140 class So i'm excited to hopefully hopefully he made her through the winter and what she showed we didn't really have too much of a harsh winter up here this year that's good i know i know most of the west western states had
0: nasty winters i think there's going to be a lot of winter kill on elk and mule deer this year but i would imagine that the deer up in wisconsin in northern michigan in northern minnesota like the winters have can get harsh in a hurry but they're just built to last i mean i just feel like deer are so used to those frigid winters up there they they gotta
1: have some kind of i don't know if it'd be like evolution type thing where there there's more prone to adapt to the harsh winters i guess yeah but i mean you sure imagine that the deer up here would survive a winter better than a white tail out of say alabama would you know you throw yeah. one of them up here i don't think it's going to do very good no but it's weird to see how qu- like the
0: the variety of landscapes that they can survive in i mean like white tail in florida Where you're talking 99% humidity and 110 degrees and just the nastiest conditions. Like, I would hate to hunt in that. I'd much rather hunt, like, negative 15 than that kind of weather. But, I mean, you just see the extremes that they can survive in. And they've got to be one of the most hardy animals in North America. As far as big game goes, at least. Yeah. So... I, I don't know. I think it'd be cool to hunt all different species of whitetail or like all the subspecies all over the country, but there's something about those big northern deer. People don't, people don't understand it. just how big even their bodies are. Not even thinking about the racks, like the body size of a northern whitetail. A lot of people can't wrap their
1: heads around it, especially when they come from the southern states. Oh, yeah. I mean, and then there's us who are like, look at like the Saskatoon bucks. Where it's like, what's a small buck up there? 240 pounds. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of sweating. Even like dragon deer. Thank God for this one. I mean, because this was a big buck up here. Yeah. And I was, I didn't get into the story yet, but I was down in a draw. I was probably 50, 60 yards down. Luckily, I got a, my friend that, the one I was saying with Hunt near, Hunt's near me. He's built like a tank, so I called him over and he helped me drag it out of there. Yeah, break down that story for me. I want to
0: hear how this goes. Because, I mean, first night, that's a big deal. And Oh, yeah. But a lot of people do say your first sit's your best sit.
1: Oh, yeah, it definitely was. So uh, the first picture I got, so I went out and I found this spot probably early September. You know, it was just one of those times where I, I wasn't seeing what I wanted in some other spots. So I went venturing some new state land. And crawl down this and I'm like crawling under pine trees and I'm like somebody else would have to be effing insane <laughs> to come hunt this spot, you know, but I'm that guy. Yeah. So finally I get down there and I I come down uh it's down like a hardwood ridge and I find right where that connects on the bottom to Cedar Swamp. And there's deer runways everywhere. So right, you know that feeling when you're like, oh, this is a honey hole. You're now. on the X. Yeah. So I throw a camera up and I get home and I'm just all jazzed up. You know, I'm beebopping bopping around the house yelling at my wife. So you got to see this. There's got to be monster bucks down here. So, you know, you wait like a week, week and a half. I go back out, check the camera. And it's like I got 900 pictures of gray squirrels and red squirrels and a doe on a fawn. I'm like, oh, you guys are kidding me. <laughs> you know, heart just sink. So I was like, all right, baby, I'm going to leave it out there for another week, check it again. If nothing there, then I'll go and I guess try to find another spot. So about a week goes by, I run back out there, pull my camera, and uh, come home. And it was like a Saturday morning or, or Saturday evening crack a beer throw last SD card in the laptop and my wife oh it must have been midday because my wife was napping so she's in the bedroom sleeping and i'm you know flipping through hitting the button flipping through the pictures and all of a sudden this buck shows up and i start just screaming she flies out of like what the hell's going on you know thinking the house is on fire and i'm like big buck big buck <laughs> just going nuts you know so right away you know and i'm just going through the rest of the pictures i was like oh man this is the biggest so yeah the biggest buck i've ever even had on camera out of 12 years hunting up here biggest buck i've ever even had on camera so right away i was like i gotta get this buck and i just started obsessing over it you know i'm going out there and i'm just sitting in different spots for hours on end with wind checkers watching how the wind bounces off the ridges I'm watching the thermals going out there in the mornings during big temperature changes, just like, what can I do to like give myself the best odds at shooting this buck? Yeah. And luckily, so through through the guys from hardcore pursuit and some other people that I've been blessed to meet like through the outdoors industry. Um, I've been around some smart dudes, you know, some big buck killers, that really have to like share their knowledge. So I knew some of the like different tactics and whatnot to increase my odds. We'll say. So I'm just obsessing, you know, I turned what was probably a five minute walk from my vehicle into like a 50 minute walk to get out there, you know, depending on wind directions my approaches. Yeah. So like I said, head out that Friday, buddy's bachelor party, get back Saturday shower, jump in the camel, head out there, run into those guys. So right away, you know, just a little down moment being like, and this buck I got lots of pictures of. I was like, this buck's going to die this year. He's not. Smoking. Yeah. Was so, it all on the same camera? Yeah.
0: Dang. So yeah, you know, like line, he's, Yeah. he's here all the time.
1: Yeah. And like more daylight pictures than you would imagine a buck of that caliber would present. Yeah. So, right away I was like, if I don't shoot this buck tonight, now somebody else is going to probably shoot him in the morning.
0: You yeah. Know?
1: Unless by some chance I get the opportunity in the morning. or I was like, he's going to die soon. So I'm up there and those and Fawn's walking through. I think I had... A five pointer and two different eights come walking through, and one eight and oddly dark, like a lot of the bucks down in the swamp, oddly dark for that time of the year already. Yeah, so I was like, This big, this decent chocolate eight pointer come walking through it. One that I was like, eh, You know, I might, I might let one fly in opening day. Yeah, so he uh, he's at like 25 yards, goes broadside. And I go to draw back on him and I hit a branch with my elbow and he pegs me and takes off. So I was like, oh, this is terrible, you know, (laughs) So I'm just down in the dumps. And now it's like 10 minutes before dark, you know, 10 minutes before at least I feel safe shooting. And uh, I'm just getting down. I was like, man, I'm not going to see his buck. You know, he's going to die before I even get a chance to like get eyes on him. And I was like, at least I want to I at least want to see them. Yeah. You know. So another minute goes by and I'm just turning to negative Nancy. Grab my string to start tying my bow up and lower it down. And you know, you get that crunch off the distance. You're like, oh, Whoa.
0: it's the best, you man.
1: Know? Oh. So right away I like I was like, you know, pause, lift my head up. And out of like the thick patch, all I see is horns. I was like, "Oh my God, it's him!" <laughs> and so, like, probably eighty percent of the pictures I had of this buck were him walking like straight towards me. And the way it was set up, normally if I have that, I'll adjust my stand. You know, if he has like a common route, I'll adjust my stand so I get a broadside shot. But yeah. where I was at, this was the only location where I could put a stand. I don't know if it was like clear cut in the last ten years, so there's a lot of small trees and whatnot. So um, you're doing you're doing hang on stands. Yep. Okay. Well, yeah, this was a climber I had out there. And oh, I do nice. probably only maybe 16, 17 yards up in the tree. So not super high. Yeah. Which I did on purpose in case I had to take that frontal shot, you know? Yep. More level with it. So this buck turns and starts walking towards me. And now it's like, he better present a shot soon or else I'm not going to feel a safe shooting. Yeah. So another minute goes by, and you, know, you just got what you want, like how you want the game plan, just running through your head the whole time. You know, that final minute before you shoot, every buck's the same way, you know? Oh, yeah. So finally, I was like, mm, I, don't know I, mean. I think I'm going to make him, give him the old mat. and as soon as he picks the setup, up, I think I'm going to let one fly. You know, I practice this shot. I know the equipment I shoot. I should be able to like make this a lethal, hit him in the vitals. Should be able to pull the shot off. You know how far is all he at the this confidence point? in the world? Seventeen yards ish. Oh, okay. 16, so, so he's yards. he's in on top of you already. Yeah. So finally I draw back and I, I go, man, and he picks his head up a little bit like that to look at me, and I black out at this point. Next thing I remember hearing, and it must have been him kicking his foot to the side or something, it sounded like my arrow just hit in the dirt. So I was like, right, like, worst part about this buck is I had no excitement. I got no celebration ever with it. Oh, so right away man. I was like, dude, I just, I just missed this whole freaking, I just missed the buck. So I sit there, like, just sit there for a minute and I was like, Well, I guess I'll get down and go grab my arrow and call it a night, you know. And I'm like, I'm not even going to tell anybody. I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm not going to tell my wife that I saw him and missed. You know? Like, I don't want to live with that. Yeah. Pretend it never happened. (laughs) So I go down there. (laughs) It's crazy. So I go down there and I'm looking around and I don't see my arrow anywhere. Best news ever. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, oh, you know, but I'm so negative. I'm like, well, maybe I just like bounced it off a tree and it went flying or something. You know, so, so I'm like, oh, let's see if you can find some blood, you know. So I go looking and about six yards away from where I think I shot him. I start seeing some blood and it is bright red. I'm oh. like, no freaking way. <laughs> dude what a what a
0: high and a low hunt already i mean oh you had a buck come in that you were excited to shoot you bump a branch he spots you takes off this buck comes in you think you missed him you're well first you're like oh, i'm not gonna see him i am going to pack up then he's there then you think you missed him now you got blood dude <laughs> yeah i'd be throwing up right now if i was you
1: oh it was it was and i'm i'm like I'm a fairly negative hunter to begin with, Yeah, you know, and now it's the biggest buck of my life. So I'm like, well, maybe I'd probably just like scrape the shoulder or something. So, and I'm like, I know what blood looks like, you know, I've been tracking deer since I've been 10. I know what blood looks like for the most part. And uh, so, you know, I, and I just zero cell phone service. So I just start running I'm running up this ridge to my truck, you know, flying down this trail that you probably should go over three miles per hour on. Just, like, repeatedly call my wife, call, failed, call, failed, call, failed. call my wife, and I was like, he's freaking huge. She goes, no way. Did you shoot him? I said, I don't know. (laughs) So, so like, right away, I call my brother-in-law, my uncle, and my granddaddy. And uh, all people that, like, know this buck, know I'm hunting him. Yeah, send them every single picture I've had of them. And uh, give them the play by play, and they're like, well, what do you think? Do you think he died? And I was like, I don't even know if I, like, hit him. I, I mean, I hit him, but I don't know to what caliber. And I, I said, like, I blacked out when I shot. I don't remember seeing the arrow ever. And I said, but what I do remember is, like, when I started, like, the hunter instinct kicked in. And when I remember, I remember, and I can still picture it clear as day, hearing that buck run through the woods. Yeah. And I was like, he sounded like he was just running through the shit. Yeah. Just Not dead being smart about it. Just the desert. Yeah, run. no. Yeah. And I remembered, the, like, the, the, you hear the crash, you know. But then I heard the crash, and right away being negative, I'm assuming when he crashed, jumped a doe up next to him or something, and the doe took off. So, like, being negative, I was like, well, that was him just kept running. Yeah. So, get home. Me and my wife drop our kid off at the in-laws. And uh, I call my buddy, the one that was hunting nearby. Him and his fiance come out, give them the rundown, and uh, go out. And we start tracking this this blood. And, you know, my buddy, and he's a very experienced hunter, too. Killed lots of big bucks. Um. We're walking, we're following this blood. And for the most part, it's like, you can just walk, you know? Yeah. And uh, like I said, it's still good blood, you know, in my opinion, lung blood. Yeah. So we're following it. And thank God for my wife is a badass woman. Thank God for her. You know, I think there was two separate times where it was like, all right, hang up the toilet paper, mark this last blood. Move slow. Luckily, my wife found it both of those times. It was only probably like between 5 and 10 yards away. You know, not crazy distance to the next blood. And uh, probably about after 60 yards, we start seeing like the puddled blood. And my buddy, like I said, built like a tank. I slapped him on the gut and I go, dude, I think we got a dead deer. (laughs) I am not kidding. We did not move another inch and my wife goes he's right there. Oh my gosh. And I I whip my flashlight and I'm still in such disbelief. I thought it was like another hunter's doe or something. I was like that's not my deer, you know. Yeah. And then I just turn my turn my spotlight a little bit and I see the horns. And I just black out again. I take off <laughs> running through the woods. You know, I think I even dropped my spotlight. I just started running. Finally I was like you idiot, go get your deer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i run back and you know you just grab the horns and you take that moment in and it was just like something you imagine and you manifest for so long and then you're sitting there holding holding 130 inches of horn in your hands being in the up and you're like this this is insane yeah you know even still to the day i look at my buck on the wall i got him back already and it's like i can't believe i shot that buck up here
0: All right, guys, if you've been listening to the podcast, I'm sure you've heard me talk about the helicopter hog hunt that I did down in Texas. Now, I went down there with Rogue Texan Outfitters, and Landon and Brandon, the owners, put us on the animals. We killed 150 pigs and 19 coyotes just from the air. On top of that, we went out thermal hunting at night and got up close and personal to more hogs. I didn't have to worry about bringing guns or ammunition because all of that was provided for me, and it is, to this day, the most action-packed day of hunting i've ever had i stand by what i've said in the past and that's that helicopter hog hunting is the funnest thing that you can do with pants on in addition they offer sandhill crane hunts and predator calling so if you're looking for the most exciting hunt of your life and something that you're going to want to come back and do year after year go check out roguetexan.com and book your hunt today that that feeling man i wish there was a way to bottle it up like the videos it's cool to see it back on video but there's you can't describe it to somebody like as as much as you can say like dude this is exactly how i felt it never does it justice no like you have to experience it for yourself and you wish you could just like get that high again over and over and over when you think about it and it's like not that it diminishes every time, but like
1: it'll never be what it was in the moment. Oh, yeah, never. You can't. I mean, luckily, the great greatest thing about the outdoors, I think, is to really enjoy the outdoors. You don't even have to be doing it. You know, you you just think about things that you've done in the outdoors, and you yep. get that feeling of almost like relax relaxation, achievement. You don't even have to be doing it. That's one. That's one of the best things about being an outdoors enthusiast yeah yeah you could just you can just recount those those times
0: where you've been out there even the times where you're not successful you know you might just see it or like thinking back to the first time you saw that buck on trail camera and like the feeling that you got there's i can't think of anything maybe sports can somewhat compare to it like dude you're in the championship game you know you score a touchdown you score a three-point whatever but oh yeah but the fact that you can do this year after year and everything like dude when i have ducks come in and i pop up and pull the trigger it's you get that same feeling nothing compares to big game for whatever reason i don't know why i don't know if it's like a if it's like a thing over time evolution like it's in our blood we were hunters and gatherers that when you shoot something big like big bodied lot of meat you just get a greater rush out of it but well you got you got that was six by elk didn't you yeah yeah i shot a really nice elk this year that was that was a whirlwind man and i wish like i said that i had video of it that i could bottle that up because that was way different than any anything else i've shot to this point because yeah, i, I said everybody. from day one i was like i'm gonna go do this i'm gonna go find it the biggest elk i've shot and shoot it and they're like oh okay whatever and yeah, then i get out look. there and i i'm hearing bugling and it's late yeah at that point it was late october and then, Man, that's it, one of the greatest noises
1: normal. you can hear isn't it
0: oh yeah it, but it's not normal like we don't hear a ton of bugling out there and there was a bull just screaming. And right away, I was like, I've got to get eyes on this. All my buddies were like, do not shoot one back here. Please do not shoot one back here. And I was like, if it's the right one, I'm shooting it. And two of yeah, them failed. two of them were like, we want nothing to do with this. They turned around and went the other way. Get out of here. And I didn't even know where the bull was yet. I knew the general area, but I hadn't laid eyes on him. And then the other guy with me, he was like, you going to go? And I was like, I'm getting up to that point right there, and I'm going to find this bull. Oh, God and bless that, man. I had already seen it. I had already seen just the whale tail on it, like the back scratchers that come off and kind of angle back. Yeah. I saw that through the trees, and I knew at that point that I was going to kill this bull. And so I'm like, I'm booking it to that point, and I'm going to shoot this bull right now. And he's yeah. like you are i'm like i'll see you up there and i just grabbed my i mean i grabbed all my gear i don't even think i packed it in my pack i was just like carrying everything my spotter and my binos and everything and i'm just yeah basically running up this hill and i get to the top and he's already he had already moved quite a bit and so i'm glad i moved as quick as i did because when i got up there i got to where i was about to be skylined and i just got on my belly and just started crawling moving my pack forward moving my rifle pack, oh, my geez. pack rifle and i get to the yeah. point where i can see him and he's just perfectly broadside 634 yards away i think it was 634 maybe 637 either way broadside him and another bull and i'm like oh it's happening so you know take the the scope cover off get the pack down load yeah. around I'm ready to rock. I get settled on my bag. I'm like getting the crosshairs on him. And I hear my buddy fish coming up and I'm like, dude, he's right here. I'm about to shoot him. And he's like, you are, I'm like, just get eyes on him for me. And so that, <laughs> oh. I mean, I'm, I'm just laying prone. I dialed my scope to 6.4, which is the equivalent of 640 yards for me. And I yeah. just rest immediately i'm like that bull's dead i know my equipment i know this gun i pull the trigger yeah. and i pull the trigger get back on him see the impact then i hear the impact like a couple seconds later i just hear uh-huh. whap and i'm like he's done oh, man and i get back on the rifle load another round and i see him and i can see both elk fully in my field of view neither yeah. of them had taken a step they were still just standing broadside. The front bull was a five by, and he was just standing normal like a healthy elk. Mine was hunched over. I mean, like he looked like the St. Louis Arch the way he was standing. And I'm like, oh, dude, like, like 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 the look of like he's gonna drop any oh, second. Yeah, like he could just tip over. Yeah. And but he's standing there just kind of like you could see he was hurting, and he knew it was fatal. But I was like, dude, I'm not taking a chance. I mean, they were on a hillside that was like 45 degrees. So like I wasn't taking a chance of him going any direction. I liked right where he was. Yeah. So I load another round and I'm like, hey, I'm going to send one more. He's like, go for it. That was the first a good hit on the first one. Yeah. Send the next one. And he just collapses like legs are completely out from under him. And when he dropped, I couldn't see where he was. Like, I can't remember. I think there was a tree like right in front of him. And he was higher up on the hill so I could see him above the tree. And when I shot, he just disappeared. But I knew it was because he had died. But I still Mm -hmm. like those moments. I'm like, dude, I can't see him. This other bull is just still standing there. And I'm like, dude, do you want to shoot that bull? And he's like, I can't i can't shoot that thing with my gun i'm like dude rack around in my gun don't even adjust anything just hold it on his shoulder yeah. and he's like dude we're not doing two bowls out of this like we are so far back and i was like well if you change your mind he's still standing there and he's like no, yeah. no we got our work cut out for us and so anyways i oh, walked man, up I on that bull, and i knew like I looking at him pass that up The problem is, like, I saw him, right? I saw his antlers, and I was like, he's a big bull. He's great, whatever. I didn't look at him long enough because I didn't want to. I was like, I know this is a bull I'm going to shoot, and I know he's big. I don't want to know how big he is yet, you know? And so that whole hike up, I'm like, dude, I don't know what I'm about to walk up on. I have absolutely no idea, and I never did see him from the front, you know? Like, I never saw him head on. So I didn't know how wide he was. I could just see yeah. at least six. And I'm like, just knew it was a um, yeah. The, it, and I'm not the guy that's like, oh, I got to wait. I need to try to add up in my head how many inches this deer is real quick or this elk yeah. is real quick. I'm like, that thing's awesome. I'm going to shoot it. That's about as much thought as goes into it for me. And so oh, yeah, here. I got up to him and I was immediately like, dude, this is unreal. Fish stayed back he stayed back to try to guide me to him. Cause I mean, we were across the uh-huh. Valley and uh, I didn't need him to guide me to him. Uh, like I ended up spotting right where he was as soon as I got down through the Valley and, or it's more of a Canyon than a Valley and got up to him. And then the work began. So I didn't get anything Not disappointed out. at all. Oh dude. I was, <laughs> I, I still look at that picture. I still look at everything. I'm like, He's insane. And I just I Euroed him and he's or my buddy Sean Eurod him for me. And he's up on the wall at my buddy's shop. And so I'm over there oh, a couple man. times a week. And every time, like this week, we were hanging out, like we have a guy's night, so everyone just hangs out, has a drink, has a smoke, whatever. And yeah, we're sitting there, and one of the guys is like, dude, that bull is so big. And I just look over at him. I'm like,
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah he sure is. Yeah. But yeah. There's no greater feeling, man. So are you itching to get back out there after elk again?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll be back every year. There's, oh, I won't, that's I, there's two hunts that I won't miss again. It's my rifle elk season in Colorado and Wisconsin whitetail. Like those are the two hunts that I do every year. And I that's always have Yep. Yeah, yeah. There's no question. Like I won't miss. In fact, i give up the whitetail rut here in missouri every year to go out and chase elk like what that's not easy man because i've got a lot of really good hunting land and especially this year because now i actually own land and i'm like there's going to be no greater feeling than shooting a buck on land that has my name on it right and but dude i i will not miss elk season I just won't do. Well, it. Hey,
1: you need someone to come fill your fill your spot in Missouri during the rut. <laughs> you know
0: the guy. Hey, I got my first buck on camera. This like not long after we got the property. I got a really nice buck. I would imagine. So he had a he had an amazing right side, four points. I mean, a really nice right side. His left side, I don't know if he had an injury or what, but it was just kind of a funky side, real short points. It looked like. Yeah. It didn't look like he had necessarily broken them off, but I think there was some type of injury while he was growing that kept his left side small. But if he grows the same right side and a matching left side, he's going to be 130 to 140. And I'm shooting 130 to 140 all day. I know, and that's if he doesn't grow at all. So, like, if he's healthy and he grows them both, I mean, he could be 150, 160-inch deer. And I'm yeah i I will never pass that up no matter what but dude i'd shoot that i'd shoot that deer if he looked the way he did this year i 100 percent would if i see even a remotely mature buck on my property i'm pulling the trigger like i'm not waiting to grow something i want to get a deer with my name on it on my property yeah you gotta get that first one yeah i just gotta break the
1: seal man that's it yeah, it doesn't have to be a 160 or nothing. You got to get that first one on the property.
0: Yeah. When when will you have uh, trail cameras put back up?
1: Uh, well, I got one in my yard right now. We live oh, uh, nice. out in the country enough where I get some pretty nice bucks right in my yard.
0: Oh, that's sweet.
1: And I, I just started dabbling in trapping. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, which is a way bigger world than I thought it was. And uh, so, my wife talked me into getting chickens, you yep. know, price of eggs and everything now. So, we got chickens, but I got a pretty big fox situation at my house. So, uh, pretty quick here, as soon as the snow melts finally, I'm going to try to throw some footholds out and take care of them fox so they don't need our chickens. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, outside of my property here, I usually throw them back out July, I'd say. Yeah.
0: So, you're getting them once they've, already sprouted quite a bit you're getting an idea of what the potential is probably going to be with your
1: antlers yeah and this year i'm pretty excited i should i'm actually gonna apply for second season bear this year and i should get my first bear tag up in michigan heck yeah i I got that to look forward to come september also
0: dude that's a big year man trapping bear and i mean you've got 10 bucks or nine bucks whatever you said that were over 100 inches on camera like you're gonna
1: have a killer year this year. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah, I'm trust trust me, that's a You know, you hit that stage, especially once you start getting that itch. Like I said a few days ago, I was watching that hunting show and I was like, I'm ready for it. But then you just start, like I said, manifesting how you wanna break down and game plan and strategize yep. what you do this week and this week, you know. So yeah, that's a I've already been going through all my inventory seeing what i need finding all my sd cards all of it
0: dude it's all happening man i can't i can't believe we're already into spring and my mind as much as i want it to be on you know fishing and crawfish trapping and turkey hunting i'm just already counting we well, just days. got to go shoot a <laughs> hog too didn't you yeah, I just shot a bunch of hogs, actually. I went down to Texas to see our well, dog. See, that takes the itch out a little bit. It does. I, and I will say, everyone that I talk to that's a hunter, they love that there's hogs. Like, they just love that there's hogs where they live. I asked multiple people, hey, if you could snap your fingers, get rid of the hog problem altogether, would you? And they say, no, they're just too fun to shoot, man and yeah, just like when you get that it go shoot some hogs sure enough yeah i haven't i haven't recapped this at all so i'll share it quick and then we'll hop off so i can respect your time but uh the so i went down to texas saw my dog he's in training uh for for waterfowl and yeah the owner there he's like dude get out and shoot some hogs man so we rode around one night with thermals in the side by side and oh, we how were, fun was that we were looking oh. we didn't see any And so I was like, all right, hopefully, hopefully we see him. Um, We never did. So then the next morning he's like, Hey man, did you wake up this morning and go out? And I was like, no, I didn't. So then the next morning he's like, did you wake up and go out? And I was like, no, I didn't. Well, then we were to the final night there and I was like, man, I'm going to get up in the morning and go forgot to set my alarm, but because we were staying at their house, our daughter was in the bed with us and she Mm -hmm. moved or did something and it woke me up. And as soon as she, as soon as soon I woke up, I was like, oh, dude, it's time to go out and hunt. So I get up, go down there. He's like, hey, here's the rifle. Here's the keys to the side-by-side. This is where yeah. you need to go. And so I went out there, and he's like, dude, they're going to be there at 730. They always come in at 730. I've got cell cams. That's when they're going to be there. So just get out there 715 and be, be set up and ready. So I'm walking towards the feeder that he's got a camera on at seven ten, and I look up and I can see it like 150 yards down this lane and him and his son both told me they're like, Hey, go get set up at like 50, 60 yards. Here's a tripod. Here's a chair, you know, just sit there and wait for him to show up. Yeah. I'm walking. I'm 20 minutes early of when they're supposed to be there. And I look up and here's a pig and another one and another one and another one and just like, I don't even know how many there were cuz like they they spanned oh. across the whole shooting lane and so I'm like crap yeah. dude like they're there early I was supposed to be way close like 100 yards closer and set up this is his gun I've never shot it before hopefully it's on yeah. and so anyways I just I was like I'm going to try to get closer well as I started to move I felt the wind hit the back of my neck and I was like no I got to just, yeah. I got to well, make it happen. So I just get down, set the sticks up, pull the trigger. And yeah, I shot a pretty big sow. Had to load that in the side-by-side by myself, which was not easy. I was like, I tried to just How hoist it. How do you think? 200, 200 pounds, probably. Maybe, a maybe a yeah. little, it could have been a little bit more, a little bit less. But I mean, to the point where like, I went to pick it up by the legs and it just wasn't I was like, dude, I'm going to get just covered in blood. Like I'd rather just throw it in the back and go. So I, I grab it by all four legs and I swing around, like I'm swinging my kids out in front of me. Right. And I swing it around and I like try to hoist it up and I get like the back half on and I'm like, go to get the rest of it on. And the back half falls out and I did that twice. And then finally I got it to where I was like, screw it. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to give it everything I got. And so I lifted it up and then I had to like lift with my knee, like hoist it with my knee oh. and finally made it up there. So did that one. Then a bunch of guys from the podcast network, were going to go down to Oklahoma and hunt. And they're like, dude, are you going to come? You're going to come? I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, I'm just getting back or I will just be getting back from this other trip. I don't know if it's going to yeah. be worth it. So we got back to Missouri at like 8 PM that night And the crappy part is we had driven like an hour from where they were all hunting in Oklahoma, but it's five hours from where we live, but I've got the wife and kids. And so I'm like, so we get back. I was like, "Ah, I think I'm going to head out right when we get back, we get back. (laughs) I decide not to, I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do it. So I go to guys night. Instead, we all get together. Like I said, Thursday nights. Yeah. I'm up late i'm talking i don't think i got home till like 2 a.m and i wake up the next morning and i'm like i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to oklahoma and my wife's like you are you're heading out i said yep i'm gonna grab my gear and head out she's like okay so i leave your wife's
1: gotta be just an angel hey
0: oh she's well it did help that the kids were at her mom's house so she's like oh i'm just gonna be knocking out work i mean she's like sure her passion is as passionate as i am about hunting she's as passionate about building businesses like sure she'll just like hey i'm gonna do this and i'm like okay whatever and then it's extremely successful so
1: i was like i'm gonna head out she's like
0: she's like go for it so i i take off i get down there in the afternoon they're like dude we're glad you made it you know you got an hour and a half and we're heading out to the blinds and i'm like okay give me a breakdown what's happening like how are we hunting what's going on yeah i'm like i don't know i've hunted a lot of different pigs and it's always different like the way that we hunt them and they're like this is how it goes we got a deer feeder i've got a 30 by 30 hog panel like enclosure around it okay So that they normally can't get in but in preparation for you guys coming to hunt i opened up like a one foot gap so now they can get in, but uh. once you start shooting, they all have to bottleneck to get back out. And I'm like, oh, oh that's man. pretty creative, dude. I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is wild. This is going to be insane. He's like, you know, it's anybody's guess where they come to. There's pigs everywhere, but like they might come yeah. to yours. They might come to his. They might come to mine. And we've got four different guys out there. So we're sitting there, everyone's messaging each other. Hey, I got deer in at the feeder, you know, deer aren't in season, whatever. Oh, I got three raccoons at the feeder. Oh, I'm seeing this. I just saw four coyotes across the field. And I mean, like we're seeing animals everywhere. Meanwhile, I'm not seeing anything. I can hear that there's pigs in the cover, like maybe 200 yards away. I keep hearing squealing. And then all of a sudden I see movement and it's a freaking raccoon. And it comes in, and it's just picking up all the corn, just like picking it up, popping it in its mouth. And I'm like, dude, I want to shoot this thing so bad, but I don't want to ruin a chance (laughs) of pigs. And so it's there for forty five minutes to an hour, just eating. And I'm the whole time, I'm like, I want to shoot this thing so bad. The temptation is getting higher and it's just getting worse and worse. And all of a sudden, man, I hear a stampede. It sounds like it sounds like someone is raking. It sounds like there's 20 people raking the leaves in the woods all the way across this field in the woods. I just hear like, wow. And it's just pig, 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 pig. Just all pouring out of this woodlot. And they come straight to the feeder. There's a tree out in the middle of this field that they went behind. And then under like the trail goes a foot away from the trunk of it. So as they're behind that, I get my rifle set up. I'm just like my heart's pounding out of my chest and they all get to the fence and they split and they kind of go around the fence and I'm like, Oh no, they don't know that that gap is there. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden this one little pig comes through the gap and then another one and another one and another one. And before I know it, there's 10 pigs at like nine yards in front of me. Yeah. And and you know what they're going to do. And I know what they're going to do. So I was going to wait and let all of them. And as like the first 20 pigs get to the fence, I'm like, dude, I, I hope all of them get in. Well, then I look and there's another dozen still coming. And the biggest sow that came into the fence got spooked immediately. Like didn't. I could tell she didn't know what was going on because she didn't look like straight at me or anything, but she just stopped and froze. And I was like, this ain't right. And I was just keeping my eye on her because I knew that if anybody blew out of there, it was going to be her. And all of a sudden she picks Mm. her heads up or picks her head up and turns it towards me, but not looking up at me. And then just does a like a grunt and turns around. And when she did that grunt, every pig started following her. And so I was like, crap, you know, I've got 10 pigs in here, 20 more outside of it. If all 30 of them would have come in, it would have just been like D-Day. Man, it would have been ridiculous. So anyways, I shot her right away, just held it at that gap as they were all funneling and just like, pop, 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 pop. Unloaded and there's pigs scattered everywhere, like all over in the field. So I'm like now trying to pick those off. And my yeah. buddies were like, "Dude, it sounded like Fourth of July, man. It was just insane." So dawn, dawn, Baghdad. Yeah. And so, anyways, I ended up getting four right there, and then there were more. I think out in the woods, but at the down in Texas, man, it's eradication. So like we yeah. we grabbed those four, uh, cleaned them. My buddies put them in their coolers, took them home. I said, "Dude, I've got more meat than I can handle." I came out to help with the pig problem, you know. So they took it all home and ate it. That night, we went out with thermals and shot. There was, I don't even know how many pigs we saw that night, like big boars all by themselves out in the field. And then we'd get closer, set up the thermals. You'd shoot, and, like, my buddy was shooting, and I didn't have any thermals to look through at that point. So he's shooting, and I hear "Whack, whack, whack, whack. And, I mean, you can hear the hits. And those pigs are so tough, man. Like we didn't find that one. We didn't find another big boar, but like they're dead somewhere. And so problem solved. Right. It was, it was myself down and give that a try. It is insane. It was a ton of fun. So anyways, I'm going to stop rambling. I'm going to let you go. But before I do, why don't you share with people where they can find you, where they can follow your journey, see some pictures of your monster last year, and uh, hopefully some, some bear pictures this fall
1: hey absolutely man so uh instagram i have uh been kind of slow on just been busy uh working and whatnot lately but instagram is just uh sean underscore dot larson tiktok i post on pretty frequently that's sean underscore larson l-a-r-s-o-n and uh same on facebook sean larson um you see on there 22 Drek. it's uh kind of my media production page um and i'll be getting on uh, especially once the season start ramping up i'll be posting a lot on there also kind of what's going on and what i'm doing daily
0: yeah well dude i really appreciate you hopping on congrats on the success this year and hopefully there's more to come this coming season Hey,
1: sounds good dan hey i appreciate you having me on here and i uh look forward to seeing some more of your adventures also